We are North Rock Church, where we exist to see lives redefined by being filled with life in Christ. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Well, what is up, North Rock Church? Happy Easter to you and to your families. I am so glad that you have joined us for Easter 2020, which absolutely is going to be an Easter that we will never, ever forget as long as we live. I hope that you're enjoying time with your family and that you're not going too stir crazy and during this crazy quarantine era. What is it like week four now? Uh, I don't know. All the weeks are starting to run together, but I am glad that you have gathered your family today and you've joined us here at North Rock for our online Easter experience. I'm up at the church today and uh, it's very strange because churches aren't usually empty on Easter weekend, but man, it's empty up here today. In fact, I'm in my office and I just wanted to kind of show you our office area here. Nobody's anywhere. Winston's office, empty. Matt's office, empty. Jennifer's, Heather's, empty. All the, all the cubicles, the bullpen area, it's all empty. As I look down the hallway toward Kids Rock, completely empty. The lights aren't even on down there. Very strange, very odd. Classrooms, they're empty. Foyer, it's empty. Kids Rock check-in, it's empty. In fact, I thought I would show you the auditorium and let's look at what it looks like. So yeah, I mean, it's empty in here as well. Generally on Easter, like this building is packed wall to wall. So it's crazy to see it empty. But honestly, churches are not the only things that are empty right now because of our quarantine season that we are in. Man, I mean, schools are empty. Movie theaters are empty. Bowling, air, uh, bowling alleys are empty. Uh, playgrounds are empty. The streets are empty. That's kind of nice. You can get around a whole lot easier right now. Uh, all sorts of things are empty. I, I, I think that there are probably some parents who would say that they wish their house could be empty just for a few hours. But here's the thing. Easter is all about emptiness. All about emptiness. The reason that we're here today doing what we're doing, celebrating what we're celebrating is because of an empty tomb. Jesus gave his life for us. Like he lived a sinless life and paid the ultimate price so that we could have freedom from our sin. He died on a cross and on the third day he rose again. He did not stay dead. He resurrected. We're here today because of an empty tomb. Luke chapter 24 verse 1 says that on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. The tomb was empty and Easter is about emptiness. The empty tomb is why Christianity exists. It's the reason that the church got its start. 
The empty tomb is the reason that we know anything about Jesus at all. There are four different stories about the resurrection through the gospels. I mean, and they have incredible detail. They're not written like fairy tale or folklore. Uh, the story of the resurrection is all throughout the book of Acts. And for people who might be skeptics, history actually tells us that all but one of the apostles died in defense of the resurrection. They knew what they had seen. They experienced Jesus alive after he was dead. They had been with him. They knew he was the Messiah and they were willing to stake their life on that. And in fact, they gave their life for that. What a story, the story of the resurrection. What an event, what a moment. And I'm so glad that today, Easter Sunday, 2020, which as I said, we will never, ever forget that I'm able to celebrate that incredible story with you right there in your living room or in your kitchen or wherever it is that you are watching from today. Thank you for joining us. I want to encourage you to lean in today, like lean in and let's experience something special from this Easter weekend. I mean, how many of you remember Easter egg hunts as a kid, man, I used to love the Easter egg hunts and I wasn't one of those kids that was like on the sideline tentative, shy about chasing the eggs. I mean, you might be sitting there with your custom made, you know, Easter basket that, you know, your overzealous mom made you. We always had those, you know, with the ribbons and the bows and, and, and the name on the side, Jason, uh, that wasn't me. I mean, Janice didn't have any time to make me a custom Easter egg basket. I was sitting there in my ready position with my piggly wiggly grocery sack, ready to go get some eggs. I'm a competitive individual. I'm always wanting to be the first one to the eggs and I want the most eggs. And once it started, like it was on and the little shy kids kind of running out there, slowly reaching for an egg. I'm going to be that kid that comes sweeping in, like sliding in, snatching the egg right from under their hand, standing up like in slow motion, all in one motion. The whole while I've got my eyes locked on their eyes and I'm basically saying, loser. No, not really. It's just, I, I didn't do that. But, but I mean, after the Easter egg hunt, I mean, I have my battle scars, my little Easter pants would have grass stains for all of eternity on them. And I got, you know, cuts over my eye and whatnot. And then you had the joy of actually going through the Easter eggs and seeing what was in them. And I mean, how much fun was that when you were a kid going through the eggs and seeing what was, what was in them. And, uh, you, you find candy, like there's some Rolos in this one. I mean, that's good stuff. I'll have to eat some of those later. And then you got, Oh, Oh, I know what's in here. got me some cash, some change in that one. And then I got some, I believe this is some more, some Twix in this one. I mean, yeah, what's better than Twix? What's better than Twix? And, and then you finally pick up that one egg and Ooh, it doesn't make any noise. And you're thinking <laughs> it's got cash. I mean, they're going to be cash in this one right here. And so you pop it. Is it going to be a one? Is it going to be a five? Am I going to get lucky and get a 10 or a 20 only to open it and realize, I mean, it's empty. There's nothing in there. All that anticipation. I don't know if any of you parents have ever made that mistake of not putting something in an egg and you're back going, oh, and your kid's got all this anticipation only for it to be empty, empty. But Easter is all about emptiness. 
Now, Jesus had a way of teaching. He used what we call parables. What he would do is he would take kind of modern day stories and he would teach biblical truth from those stories. And if you'll allow me, I'd like to do that for the remainder of our time together today. Because the truth is, and I want to start right here. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. We are all on a hunt. We're all on a hunt. We're all searching. We're all looking for something. We're not looking for Easter eggs, no, but we're all searching. I mean, right now, more than ever, people all over the world are searching for peace, searching for answers. We're searching for hope. We're all searching. We're all, we're all on a hunt. I want to share a story with you uh, today that Jesus told about a man who was on a hunt. And the story comes from Luke chapter 15. And it's the story of the lost son, or it's come to be known as the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son. And Jesus said that a man had two sons, had two sons. And, and one of those sons was apparently a spoiled brat. I mean, Jesus didn't say that, but clearly he was. And, and one of the sons came to his dad and said, dad, I want my stuff and I want it now. I want my part of my inheritance and I want it right now. Now, this was kind of a slap in the face to a father because basically what he was saying, because you didn't get your inheritance until your dad died. So what he was really saying was, dad, I wish you were dead because I want my stuff now. Well, the dad capitulated and he gave in and he gave the son his portion of his inheritance. And the boy went off, the scripture says, to a far country and he wasted it all. Like he went to Vegas and he wasted every bit of it. Like he lost every dime that he had. It did not go well. And here's what the story says in Luke 15, verse number 14. After the son had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Now, I don't know exactly what the prodigal son was searching for. I don't know what he was hunting for when he took his money and he left his dad's house. But this is not what he was looking for. This is not where he was hoping to wind up. Verse 16 says it gets even worse. He was so hungry that he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. So now he, he's, in, he's in a pig pen. He's searching for, for something to eat. And the only thing that's there is the same food that the pigs are eating. This had turned into a bad, a really bad egg hunt. Really bad, bad egg hunt. And the truth is, a lot of people who are watching this today can relate to this dude. We can relate for that, that, that moment when we were searching, right? We have an emptiness and we're searching to fill that emptiness searching for love, searching for hope, and we wind up coming up empty. Coming up empty. Here's the truth. If you're, if you're taking notes, write this down. The enemy has empty eggs. The devil has his own eggs. We could call them deviled eggs. I, I won't, but we could. But the enemy has his own eggs and they might look shiny when we're searching for hope, 
when we're searching for love, his eggs tend to look so shiny. I mean, they're like golden eggs, but, but they're never what they're cracked up to be. They always wind up full of nothingness. There was another man who wrote uh, something in the Old Testament, King Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived. He was a powerful and wealthy man, and he wrote, he wrote uh, Proverbs, he wrote Ecclesiastes, and the book of Ecclesiastes, man, it's, it's this really sad book of the Bible. Like if you're depressed, don't, don't go read Ecclesiastes right now. You need to be reading like Psalms and Proverbs. But, but in Ecclesiastes, Solomon kind of addresses the subject that I'm talking to you about right now. He said in verse number 10 of chapter two, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. So he said, if I saw it and I wanted it, I went and got it. He said, I refused my heart, no pleasure. So if it felt good, I did it. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for my toil. Verse 11 says, yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, like nothing was gained under the sun. It was meaningless. Nothing was gained. The enemy has empty eggs. He has meaningless eggs. Like we get it and we think we've arrived. Like we think we finally achieved what we've been looking for only to discover that it's all emptiness. I know that there are some people sitting in your living room, Easter 2020, and, and you're frustrated because you believe the lie you assumed that if I, if I got what I was chasing, if I got the car, if I got the job, if I got the money, if I got the girl, then I would be happy. I would be full. And you're discovering that that is not the case. Some of us have really discovered this over the past four or five weeks, haven't we? A lot of the things that we thought were so important, man, we're realizing now that's not what's filling me anymore. The enemy has confusing eggs. Like it's confusing. If you find that person who is on the bottom and you ask him, how did you get here? So often they're like, I, I don't even know how I got here. But Easter is about emptiness. And listen to me. There is Easter hope for you today. Because the story of the prodigal son does not end in the pig pen. It does not end with this boy in this very, very low place. And as Jesus tells this story in Luke chapter 15, he wants us to understand that in this story, he is the father. He represents the father and we all represent the son. And he wants you to know that when you are at your lowest and you're wondering if I can go home, he says, let me just kind of paint a picture here of how I will respond if you decide to come home. And Jesus continues in verse 17 and says, when he came to his senses, when, when the prodigal son came to his senses, he's in the pig pen and he kind of wakes up and he realizes I shouldn't be here. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have like food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Like this is a really bad egg hunt. I've been, I've been hunting in the wrong yards. I've been hunting in the wrong places. And he says, I will set out and go to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, watch this. 
his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. So once you get a picture of this, of this boy making his way back to his dad's house after he's come to his senses, after he's wasted his inheritance, the word prodigal literally means wasted, a wasted son. He's wasted his life and he wakes up and he starts coming back to his dad's house and he's got his cue cards out about the speech he's going to give his dad. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of yours. And suddenly he looks up and here comes his dad running after him, wraps his arms around him and says, listen, son, I want, I, I, I want to celebrate with you. I want you to, I want you to bring the, the best robe and put it on him. I want you to put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. In fact, we're going to, we're going to kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a feast and we are going to celebrate. Jesus wanted you to get a picture of a father chasing his son. Like in this culture, like dignified people did not run. Like it was not dignified for a respectable man to actually run. But Jesus wanted you to see how he would react the moment that you decided, I need to come home. Everything I've been searching for is coming up empty. And I'm just wondering if Jesus will allow me to come home. He wants you to get this picture. Whenever I was a little bit younger and my mom was still alive, we would travel home for the holidays and other times of the year. And uh, she would always anticipate our arrival, always. <clears throat> she would know we were coming home. And what was so cool is she would never let us like get the car parked, start unloading the car and get into the house before I saw her. No, no, no. As soon as I pulled into the driveway, she was waiting on us to pull into the driveway. It's like she was looking out the window, waiting on us to arrive. And she would walk out. And she would meet us as we were getting out of the car. She wasn't there going to let us get in the house before she hugged our neck. She wanted that hug right now. She wanted that kiss right now. And I want you to get a picture, man, of your heavenly father pursuing you that way. The moment that you wake up and realize that the eggs I've been searching for, man, this is coming up empty. A lot of times, see, we're searching for all the right things. We're just searching in all the wrong places. A lot of times we're searching for hope in places that we can't find hope. We're searching for peace in places that we cannot find peace. It's not that we're searching for the wrong things. It's just we're searching in the wrong places. I mean, in the early 80s, the great theologian Johnny Lee sang a song looking for love in all the wrong places. Come on, you, you country fans from the 80s. I, I know that you know what I'm talking about. You can go ahead and amen me right there in your living room. A lot of times we're looking for the right things in this crazy little quarantine era with empty shelves and grocery stores. We've been looking for eggs. Like we've been on this search for eggs, not Easter eggs, like real eggs to eat. And, and it's been tough to find them, at least up to this point. But we don't like go to AutoZone to buy eggs. I mean, come on. AutoZone doesn't sell eggs. I didn't, I didn't drive through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru to get me some new Easter shoes for Easter. No, no. You got to look in the right places. And let me submit to you today 
that everything that you are looking for in this season, hope, answers, meaning, that it's all right in front of you. The answer to the questions that we've been asking in, these, in, in this season, this crazy season that we are in, the answers are not in some solution or some system. The answer to the question is in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is wanting you to see today that everything that you're looking for, to feel that empty space in your life, it's in him. Matthew chapter 6, says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. John 10 and 10 says the thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life. Come on, that's what we're looking for. Life and have it to the full. That emptiness that's in you, Jesus can fill it today. If you're taking notes, the final thing that you can write down is simply this. Jesus has a full life to offer you today. He's got the fulfillment. He's got the comfort that you're looking for. The rest that you've been looking for. Just the ability to relax and exhale. Jesus is the answer. And I want you to know that no matter how wounded, no matter how broken you may feel, you can come home today. Your father is waiting. Just like in the story of the prodigal. That father was waiting on his son to come home. Just like my mother used to do when we came. She's just looking out the window, waiting on us to arrive. And today, Jesus is wondering, is it today? Like, is it today? Is, is Easter 2020 going to be the day that they wake up and realize that they've been searching in all the wrong places and that I'm actually the answer? Is it today? Is today your day? Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Come on, right where you are, in your living rooms, kitchens, wherever you might be, close your eyes. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the empty tomb. I want to thank you for surrendering your life for me. God, for taking my sin, for paying the price that I couldn't pay for doing for me what I could not do for myself, Lord Jesus. You didn't lower the standard, Lord. You just met the standard and you've raised us up, Lord Jesus. And today, God, I know that there are people all over the world who are looking for answers. And God, you are that answer. I pray that right now, Lord Jesus, we would come to our senses. We would realize that peace, happiness, hope, it all comes from you. Joy, purpose, fulfillment, it all comes from you. So right where you are, if you know that you need Jesus, maybe you've never surrendered your life to him, or maybe at some point in your life you were in a relationship with Jesus, but you know that you need to rededicate your life to him. This moment is for you. I'm going to pray a simple prayer of surrender that has incredible significance attached to it. And I invite you right where you are to pray this prayer along with me in your own words. Lord Jesus, I need you to save me. I ask you to forgive me 
for my sins, Lord. I repent today. Jesus, make my life clean like only you can. God, I'm inviting you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I'm opening the door and I'm letting you in. Jesus, I know I don't have everything together, but Lord Jesus, I know that with your help, you can save me and you can change me and you can pick up the broken pieces of my life and put them back together. So today, I'm making you my Lord and my Savior. I'm making a fresh start with you today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for that incredible response. And thank you for stepping out in faith and praying that prayer with me. If you just took that step of faith, there is one more thing that we would love for you to do. There's a number coming across the bottom of your screen. And we invite you to text NRYES to that number so that we can have an incredible record of the step that you took and so that we can come alongside you and send you a wonderful gift that will help you in this brand new faith journey that you have started. God bless you. Thank you so much.